Right now, pray with me. Lord, we come to you this morning thanking you for your son Jesus. We thank you for his majesty. We thank you for his holiness. And we thank you for his love. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen, 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 and amen. amen. I put some of the thoughts from the sermon into a sermon guide that's accompanying your, your bulletin so you can have it uh, during the week to talk about and share with folks. We've got plenty of copies. Um, now, yesterday, um, Annie and I were visiting with the grandkids, and one of the grandkids who will remain nameless, her name was Rosie, <laughs> she said, you know, she said, man, you know what, I wish, I wish that we just skip Christmas Eve and just get to Christmas. And, and you know what, I, I kind of agree with her. Because when I was a little kid, there was a whole piece about watching and waiting, right? <laughs> Particularly that night before Christmas, Christmas Eve, tonight, that night before Christmas, what happens? You're watching and waiting. You're watching to see when Santa Claus was going to come. And every little noise in the house you thought it was Santa Claus. You spent the time wondering, wondering what in the world is going to be under that tree when I get up in the morning. Watching, waiting, and wondering. Well, the verses that we're going to be looking at today tells us that the time for watching, waiting, and wondering are over. The time for watching, waiting, and wondering are over. God is calling us to action as we see with these shepherds. And if we take a close examination of these verses, we can see three things that God is calling us in terms of this action. The first one is this. God speaks to us in our everyday lives. God speaks to us in our everyday lives. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. Nearby the shepherds were living in their fields, meaning that they were doing everyday things. They were living in their fields. When we're living, we're doing everyday field things. And that's what we're doing. They're guarding their sheep at night. Angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory shined around them, and the angel of the Lord delivered the message. And the message was what? Well, first, as always, when the angel shows up, folks are scared. So the angel first has to calm them down. Don't be afraid. And he says, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior, your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. God will speak to us when we're just doing the everything they things in our lives. When we're just doing our everyday living. 
I say oftentimes that people say, well, how do you come up with sermon titles and, all, and devotionals and stuff like that? Just do everyday living. Walking around, going to the grocery store, listening to my granddaughters and grandson, they will give me lots of stuff <laughs> for everyday living. And through them, God is speaking to us. So just remember, God loves us so much that God will give us constant reminders of his love and the actions that he wants us to take to spread his love. I do believe, Sister Holston, that, that you are around the, kid, the honors that you're getting right now because God knows that what you're going to do with those honors is you spread God's love. I got a very nice thank you card. Maybe maybe others got it from Sister Holster. And Sister Holster wasn't praising herself. She was praising God in that thank you card. All right, all right. God speaks to us in our everyday lives. Now here's the second point from these verses. God will give us a sign when he calls us to action. God will also give us a way to validate the signs that he had given us. Now, let me be clear. God's going to give us a sign, and then God's also going to give us a validation of that sign because we may say, well, God told me to do that, and then God's going to reinforce that with some sort of validation to make sure that you know this sign came from God. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 12. This is a sign to you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped smugly and laying in the manger. So that was the sign. Now, how did they validate the sign? Look at verse 15 through 16. When the angels returned from heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's book. Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what has happened. Let us confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. So God gave these shepherds the notion to go and do what? Leave their flocks, leave their valuable stuff to go confirm what was said. Here's what God will do once again. God will not only give us a sign, but God will give us the means to validate that sign, to let us know that that sign really is from the Lord and it's not our heartburn or actual indigestion talking to us. And God will also do this. God will determine the pace of the action that God wants us to take. Now, I thank Sister Davis for this one because we were studying these verses the other day. And Sister Davis said, wait a minute, wait, 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 go back. He said quickly, didn't he? God gives us the pace in which we are to do the action. Sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's, it's, it's in the middle, and sometimes it's quickly. When Mary found out that she was pregnant, and more greatly when she found out, as we studied in Sunday school yesterday, that Elizabeth was pregnant, the verses say Mary went with haste. God will give us the pace for the action. And many times when God give us, gives us the pace, we need to listen to that pace. Because sometimes that pace is fast. Whoa, God wants us to do this like right now. And yes, sometimes the pace is in the middle. And sometimes the pace is slow. But God is going to give us that pace. 
Third thing. The action that God is calling us to do is to go tell it on the mountain. The action that God is telling us to do is to go tell it on the mountain. Look at Luke 17. Luke 17 and then also uh, Luke, um, Luke 16, 17. First, let's go to Luke 16. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in the manger. And let's go down to Luke 17. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. So they were told to go do it. They went and did it. And when they saw it, what did they do? They couldn't help but tell. Now, I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to seeing the movie The Color Purple, this new movie, this new musical, The Color Purple. And, and when I see it, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go tell it. I've all, there's, there's already been some people who've seen it because it's been shown as a charity movie. And what do they do? They put it on Facebook. They go tell. And you know every Sunday you look at people on, on church. I call it Facebook church. That everybody's popping up on Facebook. Well, I went here and we did this and whatever, whatever. Folks, tell. God wants us to tell. Verse 20 reminds us. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they'd been told. Now, I don't know about you. I'm going to go see that Color Purple movie. I know somebody's going to tell me about it. And somebody's going to tell me about it. I'm looking at Cheryl Jones right now. She's going to tell me about it. But will she, what she tell me will be, will it be just as she told me? Probably not. <laughs> but here's the thing. Just as the angels told the shepherds, that's what they saw. And what did the shepherds do? They went out and told it. And, and, and so the, the thing that we've got to remember is that God loves us so much that he gives us this call to action. He gives us this call to action at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. But he also gives us this call to action at the end of his earthly ministry. If you go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20, this is the Great Commission. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountains where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and spoke to them. I received all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded to you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of the present age. That's our marching orders. We are a great commission church. And I believe, and God has verified, that 2024 is a year of discipleship. 2024 is a year of action. 2024 is a year of us, Greater Bethel, being greater. I want to talk about five things, and you're going to hear me talk about these five things a whole lot in 2024. You want to hear me talk about them again on the, on the first Sunday in January. 
five actions that we need to be to be greater disciples. Five actions that we need to do to be greater disciples. And they're printed in your, um, in your uh, handout and also will appear on the screen. And you will hear about these a whole lot. Number one, we have to be greater in prayer. We have to be greater in prayer. Prayer is important. Prayer was important to Jesus. We see how many times in the Bible that Jesus goes in prayer. Prayer is the thing that keeps Jesus going. Prayer is the thing that keeps us going. Prayer is the thing that protects those that we love. And also prayer is the thing that can, that can help us in crisis and, and sorrows and all of those sorts of things. And guess what? In this next year, 2024, we will have all of those things happening. Things we can rejoice about. Things that we want to have happen. Things that we have to come to God in sorrow. Prayer. We must be greater in prayer. Second, we must be greater in teaching and learning. Matthew 8, 29, 28, 19 through 20 tells us to make disciples by teaching. Make disciples by teaching. Now, we can't become greater in teaching unless we become greater in learning. I'll tell you, yesterday in Sunday school, I was so pleased because Judge asked a question. And Judge asked a really good question that was involved in the lesson. And I, I was looking at that question, I said, well, that struck me too. And then Brother Button came and gave a wonderful, outstanding answer to that question. Learned answer. Wait a minute, what about the guy who went to seminary? Well, we can all learn. And we learn better when we are learning together. Those of us who talk for a living, and I consider myself a teacher these days, we learn more from our students sometimes than we learn from ourselves. So we must be greater in teaching. And that's why I'm so pleased that we are adding not only the in-person Sunday school for the adults, because we already got that online Sunday school, but this Sunday school also is for our children. We have to be greater in teaching and also learning. Third of these five things, we have to be greater in worshiping. Now, back to the Great Commission. When the 11 disciples went to Galilee at Jesus' instruction. They worshipped him. But the verse said, some doubted. Now think about this. These are 11 folks who have gone around with Jesus. And for the last 50 days after his resurrection, they have seen Jesus. Jesus was dead because they saw him being dead. And then they see him risen from the dead. And they still did what? Some of them doubted him. We worship every Sunday, and we worship in a lot of different ways here at Greater Bethel. But guess what? There are some folks who still doubt. So what we have to do is to be greater in worship. 
And that is why you're going to hear me talk about when we go to phase two about doing some cosmetic things to our sanctuary to allow us to be greater in worship so that we can tell the story of Jesus in the contemporary age as the gospel tells us to do. Number four, we must be greater in service to others. Hebrews 13.6 tells us, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for which sacrifices God is pleased. Now, we know that Greater Bethlehem does a great job of being in service. We got a whole basket full of stuff right now that showed us that we did a great job in service at Betty Hosted Elementary. And, and we do a great job in service with a lot of other things that we do that folks don't even know about. But I'm going to challenge us. Amen. We got to challenge all of us in 2024. We could be of greater service. That's why I'm so thrilled about the canvassing that we're getting ready to start doing. We're going to ask folks, well, what do you think? What do you think about the problems in our community? And then we're going to invite them to come on January 15th to a lunch here at Greater Bethel where we'll talk a little bit about, more about what do they feel are the problems with the community. And also we'll talk a little bit more about what we're thinking about with that building over there at the Maddox Center. And we've been working on this for a long time. And we've been working on this, I know, for the, since August with meetings and conversations about a path forward for the Maddox Center. Amen. I am absolutely convinced the Lord has given us signs that we're going to make this happen. Not we're going to make it happen. The Lord's going to make it happen. Amen. But it will be at the Lord's pace. And I believe his pace is fast. And then number five. We must be greater in witness. Greater in witness. The authority to witness comes from Jesus once again in the Great Commission. Matthew 29, 28 I should say, 19 and 20. The power and boldness to witness is given as a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. The willingness to witness, the decision to witness, is all up to us. So, again, in 2024, we're going to challenge each other to be more bold in our witnesses. To show people that we are of a chosen people. Yes, and that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, and that Christmas is not just this season of time in which we give presents and we get all excited about and we have lights and wreaths and all that stuff. Christmas is every single day because we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. And then every single day, we have an opportunity to go tell it on a mountain. So, my question to you is, can we be greater? And if you have not 
made the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ your personal Savior. If you don't have a relationship with God, now is the time. Now is the opportunity. Not in 2024. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not a minute later. Yesterday, I was privileged to go to an event with Annie, with her family, and had a good time, Annie. <laughs> and I was there, and we had Sunday, I had my Sunday school class upstairs while they were partying downstairs. <laughs> and um, while we were there, a lady came to me and we were talking. Uh, from a church that I used to pastor in Sparta, and we're talking about her brother. Great guy. They called him Cowboy. He was getting ready to do some stuff with his young daughter, who was about granddaughter, who was about one years old, and he dropped dead. Now I say that because not to scare you, but to say that life is fleeting. We do not know. The opportunity of a lifetime lasts as long as the lifetime of the opportunity. Today is your opportunity. You don't have to be perfect to get a relationship with the Lord. And I will tell you, you will get a relationship with the Lord, and this is how it's going to go. It's going to be a roller coaster. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. There will be sometimes I don't want to do nothing that the Lord's telling me to do. I don't even want to be associated with and then there will be times that, gosh, I need to be so close to God, I don't know what to do. But at least you have a relationship with the Lord. All right. yes. 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 And it will mature. Yes. And it will get better. Yes. And it's not just for old folks. Yes. Oh, yes. So to have a relationship with God, all you got to do is pray with me right now. Jesus, Savior, I come to you as a sinner. I come to you with all my warts and all my bad habits and everything else. I come to you asking you to save me. Make me what you want me to be. Make me what you want me to be so that I can serve you greater in prayer so I can serve you greater in teaching and learning. I can serve you greater in worship. I can serve you greater in serving others. And I can serve you greater as a witness. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let us say amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, guess what? You're saved. You're saved. I mean, you may not feel like it, but you're saved. Now, here's the deal. Your salvation is only as good as the place that you decide to practice your salvation or to, or, or to have your salvation with others. Because here's the thing. Doing it by yourself doesn't work. You cannot be a Christian by yourself. You've got to have others with you. Iron sharpens iron. Greater Bethel is a place 
in which you can practice your salvation and get your salvation better and better and better. And 2024 is a year of discipleship. 2024 is a year of action. 2024 is a year of being greater, greater Bethel. And we would love, 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 love for you to be a part of it. Now, you may say that I don't really have a place here because everybody's old. Not everybody's old. And this is an opportunity for you to carve out the place that you want to carve out in terms of ministry, in terms of helping, in terms of being a force that the Lord can use you. So in just a few minutes, I'm going to walk down. I'm going to hold out my hand, and I hope someone will give me your hand and guard your heart. But also, if you're listening to this later uh, as a podcast or watching it online or something like that, and I will tell you, people are doing it. They're watching what we do. They're listening to these little devotions that we do. People are reacting to the ministry that we are putting out. So all you got to do is this. If you're watching us online, uh, if you will, just give me a call. You can reach me, and my telephone number is, and they're going to throw it on the screen, 608-358-1309, 608-358-1309. You can call me, you can text me, uh, and we'll have a conversation about your faith. And now for our benediction, which is a covering of God's grace. God's love, God's protection until we meet again. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything, everything happened just as they had been told. And now may the grace and love of Jesus Christ, the joy and fellowship of his Holy Spirit, be with you not only in this Christmas season, but throughout the year, let us now say henceforth, now, and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs>